I found like this new gust of like energy of feeling passionate about something that I want to work towards and work on. Before I got laid off, I was so comfortable to a point where the contentment just kind of became giving up on my career and just coasting by. It's kind of like a blessing in disguise what happened to me. You know, originally it was like a setback, but it was really truly like a setup for a launch of a new career. Hey, my name is Ariana, and as an immigrant, wife, young mother, and multi-passionate professional, I can only spend my days trying to figure out this crazy and unpredictable thing called life. After a few chaotic years learning from my mistakes in my early 20s, I've now struck that balance with full-time work at a fabulous tech company and a startup coaching business I run from home. So here we are, making the best of life curveballs and optimizing our opportunities. We talk about all things career, business, money, life, and mistakes and maybe even an after-hour conversation or two. So grab your coffee and pour your wine, and let's get inspired to embrace your weird, all while learning workshop style. The breakout session is about to begin. This is the Side Hustle Experience Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Side Hustle Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Ariana, and today I have an amazing guest. I am so excited to introduce you to Valerie. She is an awesome business friend I met over on LinkedIn through June, which you probably already know because she's been on the podcast at this point. And I am so happy that she introduced us because Valerie is honestly one of the best writers I've ever seen out there. And I'm a huge admirer because I'm always trying to be a better writer. She has an awesome blog, and I know that you are all going to love it. So Valerie Mecki is a content writer and blogger for the blog, Oh, Hello Work Life. Hello. I love that name, first of all. She writes about the ups and downs of making a career change midlife and how it's never too late to pursue something new. The intention for her blog is to educate and inspire other mid-career professionals to find work that aligns with their purpose and passion. Couldn't have been any perfect to have a guest in the podcast just with her mission and values. That is exactly what connected me to her. First of all, the name of the blog is just like, it's like perfect. It's like from a Netflix show that I just want to be a part of. I absolutely love it. And the reason also is because she's changed careers a few times. It's just admirable that she's always not afraid to start over and to do it so amazingly. So I'm just going to go ahead and pass over the mic to Valerie to introduce herself and tell us a little bit about her and how she got to be so awesome. Well, hello. Thank you. That is so kind of you to say. I've never heard my blog described in that way, the title, Oh, Hello, Work Life in a Netflix show. I'll take it because if anyone at Netflix is listening to this, I would love to make this into a show because changing careers in midlife We don't like to talk about it. Sometimes it could be shameful for the reasons why we're doing it. And the reason why I selected that title of the blog is because it is a surprise. Work life can be such a surprise. We always are thinking when we are fresh out of college, like you have this linear path. I graduated from college. I have this career in mind and it's just like a straight line through your retirement. And that just was not the case for me and actually for a lot of people, right? But I truly thought that I was going to retire in the fashion industry as a buyer because I loved it so much. I've always been into fashion. I just couldn't see myself doing anything different until 
you know, life happens, business happens. And in the industry, it is very common for companies to go under trends and fashion companies come and go. And that also means the vitality and, and success of the company. So when a company only has one certain fashion trend, then, and it goes away, well, that means it can affect employees. And like you said, I have suffered through losses. And I think when we first met, I was already going through my second layoff from the industry. And that was at the beginning of the pandemic. When that had happened, I was actually really quite surprised that I was laid off because I, I thought I was a part of the essential team, but it turns out I wasn't. I wasn't prepared because I think I was so comfortable in the position that I was in. I didn't come up with the plan B. I didn't work on any plans of keeping up with my LinkedIn profile building a personal brand, none of that seemed like it was a priority because I had a safe and comfortable job. But I think that is such a false sense of security when you are comfortable in your job and you think you have the security. It really is not. And for me, it took a pandemic, <laughs> a sudden layoff to realize that jobs aren't guaranteed to you. And if it is taken away from you so abruptly, what are you going to land on and fall on? And my biggest lesson that I learned in 2020 was that I better start working on something beyond what my job title is. And then also coincidentally, I was already so burnt out from the manufacturing and the fashion industry I had to look for another job, but I started to question, did I want to continue in an industry that does have a history and will probably continue to have layoffs? Could I go through with that again mentally? Was I just kind of done with my career? It took me some thinking and some time to have some clarity and focus, but I realized that it was time for me to move on. And even though I didn't prepare to like retire from the fashion industry after a layoff at age 40... I had to decide, okay, what am I want to do next? But I also took a look at my resume. It didn't have anything to do with what was going on in the job search and what was being offered. All of my history has always been in like the stores, brick and mortar. And as we all know, like even that is starting to have a shift onto online, especially during the pandemic. And so my resume of over like 18 years of being in the industry, of being in some sort of career profession, it didn't have anything to do with what was going to happen in the future, which was online. So while I was searching for a job, I also started to learn more about digital marketing and search engine optimization because I had... I had to modernize my resume and I stumbled upon content writing. I found it so fascinating because it kind of reminded me of what I used to do in the fashion industry, which is what I did for the fashion industry in the fashion industry was I would do product development. So I would take a look at like what's trending and then replicate it with the style. So with content writing, you take a look at a topic that's trending and you form it into an article that is entertaining and engaging for the reader. And it was just like so similar to what I used to do. So for me, it kind of started connecting all the pieces together, what naturally I'm good at, what sparked my interest, and then also what 
was forward thinking in terms of like technology and being digitally relevant. So that's how I landed on content writing. I'm not really sure if it found me or I found it, but it just kind of came together. But I had to make the hard choice of not looking for a job anymore in the industry and saying, okay, I'm going to become a content writer. Well, what does that mean? That means starting from the beginning, being a student, not getting a job instantly. As a writer, you have to do a lot of free work (laughs) before you can even get a paid job. So those are the lessons that kind of I learned along my way in this career pivot. Wow, Valerie, that's such an amazing story, and I'm so happy to hear it. And a lot of questions popped in my head as you were talking. I was just mesmerized with how much courage you must have taken for you to take the step of saying, you know what, I'm going to take the time to just do something different, as opposed to just falling back into, quote unquote, that cozy environment of a, quote unquote, secure job. I'm so glad that you mentioned, you know, 2020 really did taught us that Working in corporate, it's no longer the cushy, secure position that we always thought it was going to be. I just love the gig economy now because there's just so many other options that we can go into and so many other avenues that we can take. But it also comes with a lot of fears, right? So I would love to hear from you, like, what were the things that were going through your head as you decided to make this decision? Because I know in the way that you're saying it so eloquently, it sounds like it was a one decision and done, but I'm sure that there was many thoughts that were going through your mind before you made the decision. Do you mind just like walking us through that and like the roller coasters of emotions that I would imagine you went through? Yeah. I mean, the courage came a lot later after even I decided to launch the blog. Originally, the blog was just a side project to show any future employer that I can stay digitally relevant. The way that you show someone that you understand SEO, search engine optimization, is by showing them that you can create some sort of self-published blog and to bring some organic traffic. Especially if you never had any experience, you have to take it upon yourself to show work examples. And so while I was building my WordPress blog and learning, that's when I started to notice how much I enjoyed writing. However, I still was trying to hold on to that job security of looking for a job. I just fortunately was running into dead ends after dead ends of buying roles out there. So I feel like for me... It slowly appeared itself to be an opportunity, but honestly, the blog started as a side project. And then it kind of unfolded into, okay, this is something that I am enjoying. I am getting some traction in terms of when I share it on LinkedIn or my social media, people are asking me questions about. So those were kind of like the small signs I picked up on to say, hey, maybe there's something here that I am overlooking because I think it's just a side project, but really maybe I can turn it into something more because on the other side of it, I had zero luck of landing a job in the industry right now. And so when that started to appear, I think I slowly gained more confidence of the actual pivot. And that's when the courage to take that leap It really didn't happen fully when I started seeing kind of like, there's something that I could safely land on and it could be this. Even though I didn't have 
a guarantee that I was going to land a job somewhere. But it, it was seemed so much more hopeful than where I was before. Sometimes you have to look at, okay, what's in front of me versus always looking behind you and thinking that you're going to land softly behind you when maybe jumping forward is really actually a safer way to land. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being vulnerable and letting us in in a little bit of behind the scenes and curtains of what was going on through your thought process. I know that you explained a little bit in the beginning of our conversation as of what really led you to choose blogging or content writing to your preferred method of delivering valuable content to your audience. What are the tips that you can probably share with us for some people that might be listening right now that might be interested in doing the same? I do know that I've heard some rumors that, oh, you know, blogging is not the same, it's dead, there's just so many people doing it. But as you mentioned, you know, you are picking up traction and you just started. So I would love to hear some of the tips and strategies that you're currently utilizing to make sure that you're one, reaching the right audience and two, that you're actually putting yourself out there for them to know that you exist. Yeah. So vlogging for me, I have to tell you that growing up, I was like a horrible writer and a speller. (laughs) It was like, (laughs) I was always like the artsy one and like always was drawing and my other family members, like my sister, she was more studious and just so much better with her words. But it actually all started with journaling and just privately writing to myself, you know, just as I was facing the layoff, I had so many thoughts in my head that I didn't know what else to do. And and a friend of mine just said, hey, just start writing it down because I was just so full of shame and anguish from the, the layoff that I didn't even know how to move forward. It really wasn't until I started journaling. It was so cathartic and it was allowing me to release all my thoughts that it kind of just built this muscle of writing. And so I think with my practicing of daily journaling and then learning about search engine optimization and saying, hey, there's a possibility of starting this blog and taking these two things that I am very interested in and putting it together. I didn't really listen to what people were saying about what was happening with blogs or you know how difficult it is to break into that space. <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't actually, because I probably wouldn't have done it because I'm so logical, such an overthinker and a logical thinker that if I were to hear negative things about something that I could potentially move into and invest my time in, I probably wouldn't have done it. So I'm really glad that I didn't hear those types of comments. Now, being in blogging, is it easy to build an audience and to rank on page one of Google on the topic that you're writing about? It is not very easy. It takes time and patience with any project, with any sort of passion project like this is for me. Sometimes you just have to be so patient and wait until those moments happen of success or to, you know, qualify you that you're going in the right direction. You may not have those signs for a while, especially in blogging. You're not going to get it for a while. It takes some time, but it really is like the passion that you have that is going to move you forward. And for me, even though I wasn't a writer, quote unquote, growing up, and now that I am, I really truly believe it's the topic that I'm writing about that makes it easier for me to write. And I write in a a very conversational way that kind of goes in line with the formatting of how modern blogs are these days. 
So for me, I try not to think too much about, I'm not a professional, like I don't have a degree of writing. I didn't go to a top 10 school for writing. I try not to think about that. I really start thinking about who I'm writing for and what topic I am. And so with Oh Hello Work Life, it's just so easy for me because I'm talking about things that I personally have gone through. And I just want to share it with other mid-career professionals on how to navigate a career change. I would say anyone who's thinking about breaking into blogging definitely have to select a topic that you truly are curious about and passionate about and just want to educate people about. And that will make it easier because there is a learning curve to writing and blogging. And then technically there are things that you should know and learn about, but all that can be found online. I think that's what's pretty amazing about side hustles, side gigs, the opportunity to start something online is that everything, all the questions that you have, they're out there. You just have to Google them and invest the time to research it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more because I feel like I have a very similar story on the end of like how I found my groove when it comes to my side hustle experience and my journey. But it's very true about the patience piece. And because I've tried blogging before, (laughs) I've just always fallen off the bandwagon because it does require a lot of patience. And especially when you're not having any traction and This is why I'm such a fan of the quote that says, you know, you have to clap for yourself when no one else is doing it, because that's really what's going to keep you on the horse to continue to go and achieve your goals. So I am so happy that you decided to do that and put your thoughts out there for everyone else who can relate to that. I was also laid off in 2020, and it's just such, it's such a feeling that you can't really explain unless you've gone through it, because it's like, oh, you know, you get laid off, like everyone, like some people go through it, just get over it and get another job, but it's just so bruising to your ego and to your confidence that is like you know as you just mentioned in the beginning you really thought that you were part of the essential team and then it turns out that you're not which is why I'm such a big advocate like right now I am I happen to land a job that I absolutely love at a company that I absolutely adore although I'm there and I know that it's a much better place that I've been before I'm still not putting all of my eggs in one basket because I'm still cautious of what happened before it's why it's so important to know, even as a job seeker, as a professional, as a side hustler, as a full-time entrepreneur, that it's always smart to just have a plan B just in case, because that's always going to help you not only with your mental health, but also with your confidence moving forward. Hey there. If you are enjoying the podcast, I would so much appreciate it if you could subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It would help the show reach more multi-passionate professionals, and it gives me feedback on what direction to take future episodes. I have linked a tutorial on how to do so in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. I just love everything that you have to say about how you really found your groove on on content writing and how you're doing the same for others. And I do know that you got certified recently with HubSpot. So tell me a little bit about that. I saw your post on LinkedIn and I was like, oh, that's so interesting. I didn't even know that was a thing, but it just goes to show with what you're saying. The information is out there. You just have to research for it. But tell me about your experience and how do you think that it has served you with your skills as a writer? 
Yes. So it just goes along with the fundamentals of doing your research online. And that's how I found the certification with HubSpot is because I was writing, doing a piece about what courses are out there that are free online, because there are a lot. What can I offer for my readers? Because someone who is changing their career mid-career, maybe they don't want to invest entire, you know, $5,000 on a course online yet. Maybe they want to just test out and see what's available free. And so when doing my research, I found out that HubSpot does offer certifications. It's an amazing company. They have such a reputation. So I was able to sign up. I was certified as an SEO expert. And then I also did the digital marketing course. And it was impactful for my LinkedIn profile to be able to share it with my community to let them know that I'm not just learning about these random places of how to do SEO. I'm learning it from a place of an establishment that offers this certification because you do have to go through a test. It's pretty rigorous. You have to pass it. The only way that you can get this certification is by passing the test. So as a career changer, you need those certifications to qualify you in your industry and also to give you that leg up when you first land a job to say that this institution qualified me and I have the skill set. And so you're not starting from the beginning, you actually have some sort of foot in the door. So it really was so helpful with my career pivot. Good. And is that a free certification or is that something that you had to pay for? It's a free certification. I have been told that you have to have some sort of association with a website, which makes sense because HubSpot, they're really B2B, I believe. And so I used my blog email as the website that I was associated with. That's a great tip. Um, I never even heard of that before. I'll probably take a look at it because I'm sure the SEO certification can be useful for many things, not just for content writing, but for example, in this case, the podcast, for TikTok, for any type of social media presence that you want to be in to be able to target the right people with the right keywords. That's awesome. And that goes to just the path that you've taken into entrepreneurship and changing your career. So what are some valuable lessons you think you've learned so far in this new path of changing midlife career, going from fashion to what you're doing now? Although there have some sort of correlation, but definitely something different going from being a nine to five or to um, full-time entrepreneur. I think the biggest takeaway that I can pass to anyone who's thinking about making a career change, like I have, there's so many. You learn so much about yourself and it really like pushes you out of your comfort zone. I would say to stay open-minded about learning new technology, about being vulnerable and putting yourself out there, even when you don't have years of experience yet, and that you have the confidence as a mid-career professional that you have made it this point in your professional career, even though you're changing careers, you have already established 
some professionalism and you understand how to be productive and manage your time, like all of that stuff that you are just learning as you are an early career professional, you don't have to worry about that mid-career. You're ready to take on any new changes that you're up against. And you just make sure that you don't lose the fact that you are a professional still, and you're not starting from the bottom, that you're going to be open with learning new things, putting yourself out there, learning new technology. I think that's the number one thing that I would advise to anyone who's thinking about changing their career is to just be open-minded and just try new things and really (laughs) try new things until it feels right to you. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I I absolutely agree. You know, that's open-mindedness is something that always comes to mind when it comes to changing careers, period, but also being an entrepreneur and even a side hustler is always just trying to be super resourceful with yourself and try to do the best you can with the time you have and the resources you might have access to. So I absolutely love that that's the number one thing that you mentioned, because I think that a lot of people can absolutely relate to that. Yeah. And I also think that, you know, people as mid-career professionals, like we've learned how to be scrappy. We're not afraid to like get our hands dirty and just to get work done because you have this ultimate goal of this new career. You have less time to panic or to like prove yourself. You're really on a mission to do something for yourself that is fulfilling and that brings purpose. I think that's the difference between a mid-career professional and an early career is that when you're changing careers mid-career, there's so much more online and at stake that you just don't have time to worry too much about what it looks like or what appears to be because you ultimately... I just want to make sure that I am making the right decision and it happens quickly. So with that, it comes with being scrappy. It comes with being resourceful. All those things that you have done, past experiences, you kind of bring it forward. It may not be the same you know, profession, right? But you take those life skills and those work experience skills and you apply it wherever you're at currently. So... I found like this new gust of like energy of feeling passionate about something that I want to work towards and work on. Because remember I was telling you in the beginning when, before I got laid off, I was so comfortable and to a point where the contentment just kind of became, kind of was giving up on my career and just coasting by. So it's kind of like a blessing in disguise what happened to me. You know, originally it was like a setback, but it was really truly like a set up for a launch of a new career. Wow, that's beautiful. I absolutely, You're giving me goosebumps just with the way you're speaking about how you found this opportunity and made it an opportunity because for many people, it could be something that they let that define their life and their worth. And yes, you might be going through the rough patches of just trying to accept what happened, but always just being able to pick yourself up and do something with that is just beautiful. So I love that you share that with us. And I know that we've been talking a lot about content writing. And as I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, I absolutely love the way that you write. I've seen some of your blog posts and I would love to hear from you. Like, what are some tips that you have for people who want to do the same? Like, what are the main things that a blog or a blog post should have in order for you to kind of capture the reader or for have people to kind of come back to your website? What are the main aspects that would make a blog post successful in your eyes? Mm, I would say 
number one is that you are not writing for yourself. You're writing for the reader. So when you're looking and searching online and you select an article because you were on Google and you had a question, you typed it up and then you select one of those articles and you found an article that was like so engaging and it really answered your question so quickly. It really satisfied your question. Take note of that. Take note of how did it answer your questions? Did it keep you entertaining? Did it keep you engaging? Those are the things that I like to keep in mind when I'm writing. I'm always writing for the reader. How do I get them super engaged and interested in the topic at the very beginning, which is the headline. And then I always prompt the first paragraph with kind of like addressing their pain point. Because there's a reason why they're landing on the article. They're trying to find out an answer or they're trying to solve a problem. And then I go into the educational part. And then you end it off with, making them feel good. Like, yes, reader, you've learned something new. Now go read the the next article. (laughs) So it really is, think of it as an informal meeting with that reader. They have a problem. How are you going to solve it? And then end it in a way where it's with a smile and then moving them along to the next article. That's how I like to approach content writing. Mm, I love that. And now you kind of reveal some of the tactics I've seen on your own blog where you're chatting about something and then you happen to link something else from your content in there. Say like, if you're referencing something that you've already written about, it's great because it keeps the reader longer in your website, which essentially what it is you want for the long term. So I love that. I know that you kind of fell into this whole world of becoming a content writer because of the situation that happened with your job. So for a lot of people who listen to this podcast are either side hustlers or nine to fivers who are interested in becoming a side hustler or potentially even having a full-time business. What are some resources that you think have been helpful for you in this transition and journey that could potentially be helpful for some of the audiences listening to this right now? Number one is you have to look into your own network and see if there's some informational interviews that you can request. I think, you know, you probably would think that I would say, hey, go to Google and Google it first. But I always try to encourage everyone to talk to someone with a coffee chat. Find someone that has already gone down the road and have them describe to you what you should be looking out for, what resources they use. Because I think there's something that lands a little bit better when you have those one-on-one conversations with someone who has that experience. So it allows you to question like, oh, can I do that for myself? Huh, that sounds really interesting. And it's just like sparks that emotions in you. Either you're going to get super excited about it and be curious to find out more, or you're going to learn a lot that it may not be the right thing for you. So I would say the number one resource is going into your network and trying to find people that you can connect with and have those informational interviews. And then after, if you had had the informational interviews and you're super excited about it, I would say try to find an online course. I think the beauty of how people can transition or add a side hustle or have a side project is because everything is so virtual and online. And it's pretty accessible in terms of like what it could cost. It can cost you nothing or it can cost you, you know, a couple of hundred dollars as an investment. So always think of it as an investment, not really a waste of money because really it could turn into something that could 
be your full entrepreneurial, like later down the road. So I, I would definitely say that find things online. There's so many resources. And yeah, I, w- I would definitely, those are the two things, informational interviews and online courses. And just stay curious. Mm, I love that. Stay curious for sure. And as a recruiter myself, I absolutely vouch for all of the informational interviews out there. I know that sometimes it can be nerve wracking to reach out to people. And sometimes specifically for people who are newer, who don't have a lot of experience, they just feel self-conscious because we're all the time saying that networking and informational interviews should be a two-way street. Sometimes people feel like they cannot add any value, but I just love the way that you explained it and, you know, investing your time. And plus now that we're all virtual, it's just so easy to be able to get those on the calendar because you're not asking a lot of the other person. Before it used to be so tough because everything used to be done in person as we didn't really know any better (laughs) to have to get ready and drive somewhere and actually sit in a place that you probably were too loud to have a conversation on or, or something that you couldn't talk about something private. So right now it's just really no excuses where you can just jump on a quick Zoom call with somebody for 15 minutes and just be able to ask them the ways that could potentially save you time and money and come in the conversation with an open mind of having things that that person might feel could add value to them. Like if you just take a look at their LinkedIn profile and see the things that they're commenting on or the articles that they're sharing, you can kind of sense what people are interested in potentially. So you can even bring like another article that's similar to something that they've talked about. And that is bringing value. You can also give value to people by making them laugh, by entertaining them, and by simply just making them feel good about helping you. If you just have that open mind, things just kind of get easier. And I know that is hard in the beginning, but that's usually what's going to kind of set you apart from everyone else, because otherwise you're just going to spin your wheels and try to find an answer that already somebody has that you could potentially get like a free pass to it by just asking the right questions. Yes, I love I love the way that you put that. Yes, people have already figured it out. So they're happy. Most of the times they're really happy to share what they've experienced and to share more knowledge to other people. It's no cost for them. And people like to talk about what they've gone through. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. Valerie, I do want to close off the the conversation by asking you this question that I love to ask all of my guests. And that is, if you could talk to baby Valerie, what would you tell her and why? Oh my goodness, baby Valerie. I would tell her that you're wasting your time of thinking about how other people are going to perceive the situation because you think of it one way, but you're not that special in a way that that it should paralyze your actions. So try not to get stuck of taking action because you're afraid of how it will be perceived. Because really at the end of the day, it has nothing to do with the people around you. It's really, it's about your happiness, your fulfillment and putting your purpose out there. Oh, I can see baby Valerie just giving you a hug for that tip you're just giving her. And, and Valerie, I know that, you know, we can find you on LinkedIn um, by Valerie Mecki. How else can people find you? I do know that you also have a Etsy shop. So tell us a little bit about that. That's so interesting. Yes. So for the blog, I always write about starting an online business. And I wanted to not just be a person telling people. I, I wanted to be a person of action. And I wanted to share those experience of what it is to start something online, an online shop. And so I launched one recently and it's called 
Gratitude is awesome. And their digital products, their gratitude note templates that you can print out and write down daily or in the moment. And the reason why I chose gratitude to be the the theme of the shop is because it has played such a huge role in this career changing um, time in my life because there would be days where I wouldn't have much money in my account. (laughs) You know, I would apply for a job and be rejected constantly or try to put out topics to write about as a guest blogger and be rejected or ghosted. You face so many disappointments when you're career changing. And so gratitude for me and practicing that, taking a moment to be grateful for the roof over my head or the fact that I'm learning something new and I know I'm capable of mastering writing, taking those moments to acknowledge yourself and to be grateful for what you do have. It just really helped me to not spin out of control and to only think of the negative and to only take in the disappointments. Gratitude allows me to recenter myself and to move forward. And so creating the Etsy shop and putting that out there, it serves two purposes. One for the readers to say, hey, you can start an online business. And the second part is to encourage people to embrace gratitude because we've all been through so much in the last couple of years. It really is being grateful and practicing gratitude that can really lift us up to move forward. Absolutely. I love that. If you guys need some gratitude journal templates ideas, go ahead and check out the Etsy shop. It is etsy.com slash shop slash gratitude is awesome. I'll make sure to link all of those in the show notes for you. So be sure to just check that out once you're done listening to the podcast. But Valerie, it was such a pleasure chatting with you. Your story is amazing and so inspiring. And so thank you so much for coming on, being vulnerable and sharing all of the value that you did about content writing and how it's not the end of the world or the end of your life if you were to lose your job or it's okay to go ahead and change careers at any time in your life. Any parting words that you might have for us? I would just say to never settle and to be okay with doubling down on yourself, even at mid-career. You're worth it. Love that. You guys heard that. You are worth it. Thank you so much, Valerie. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode, and I hope that it served you well. If you enjoyed it or found it to be something that resonated with you, share that takeaway with me over on Instagram so that the community can also see it. And if you tag me at Side Hustle Experience, I will be sure to reshare it. Your support and feedback means the world to me. I hope to have you back on the next episode at the same time, same place. Over and out.